name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You are everywhere present and fill all things. Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're going to go on with a letter to the Romans. Uh, we finished last time chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, I'm just going to review what it says, and then move into verse 18. Because, see, verse 17 says, The justice of God is revealed in it. The it is the good news. The justice. Justice means fidelity to his promises. Uh, okay? You see, justice means honoring the truth of every relationship. Well, God's relationship is both basically to himself. So if he promises, then his justice is to fulfill his promise. So the justice of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. As it is written, the one who is just by faith shall live. Now he starts very abruptly at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven upon all the ungodliness and injustice of men who in injustice suppress the truth. And that's going to be the key, you see. It's the key of the last 400 years of European civilization as well. The wrath of God is basically our experience of the utter, incom in, utter incompatibility between God's wonder and love and our sin. So it feels like a rejection. God's not mad. It's that we have become so unlike God that getting near God feels like a rejection. That's why the Lord died for us. So that, as Paul just said, you see the justice of God. He promised to save us, and he did. Now Paul wants to analyze the situation of the culture into which the gospel is being preached. And it's very important for us because it's like our culture. If we get a chance, I want to try to trace briefly the uh, story of modern atheism, which is the same thing, you see, suppressing the truth. What does that mean? It means, by intuition, I know there's more, but I won't go there. I suppress it. If you've ever listened to some of the atheists on the TV, why are they so angry? If there's no God, why are they angry at him? The God of the Jews, he does this and he does that. What do you care? There's no God. There's something deeper going on there. It's what Paul calls here, you see, uh, suppressing the truth. Um, and I'm just looking to show you what it's, see. Uh, in their ungodliness and injustice, they suppressing the truth in injustice, you see. Why? Because what can be known of God is manifest among them. God has made it manifest to them. He didn't do it and then say, well, good luck, I hope you can figure it out. 
he's there. And there's in Paul's word, the key in this whole passage is this word suppress. Suppress the truth. It's the story of modern atheism, as I hope to show in just a moment. Uh, you see? Because what can be known of God is manifest among them. God has made it manifest to them. God didn't make the world and then sort of hide behind it and said, well, I hope you can figure it out. God is enlightening us. The universe speaks of God. And very primitive people know there's some force, someone. The Indians way up in the Yukon years ago before the oil companies sort of blotted out their, their, their land, as they were picking berries, would say a prayer of thanks for every berry, every berry to their God. It's, 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 the Spirit knows that. So to suppress the truth, in that sense, requires a bit of sophistication. I just won't go there. When you don't go there, then you get very angry. And I've got to prove there is no God. Uh, let me give you a tiny example of what I mean. Why does water expand at 4 degrees centigrade? From 4 to 0 centigrade going down, it, it, it expands. And that means then that its volume uh, is such that it displaces more than its own weight and it floats. Now, why does it do that? Well, because God wants to take care of the fish. If, if water froze from the bottom up, or clear through, all the fish would die. Or you could say, I understand, I can explain it without understanding it when I say, the molecules of hydrogen and oxygen have this particular quality that they move apart. The only things that does, the only thing that does it in the world, as far as I know, uh, they move apart rather than come together from four degrees down. And so it floats. Now, in that second, I have explained it, but I haven't understood it. I can explain the whole universe that way, and that was the whole way this started in our own day, when Newton, a rather devout man in his own way, said, I can't do it yet, but I know that I can explain all the phenomena of the physical world mathematically. And it's true, you can. That's why we got lights and camera and printing and everything. All began with that turn in the growth of science. But there's a difference between seeing that it, there's an intrinsic intelligibility. This explains that, and that explains that. Yes, you can explain it. Do you understand it? That's a whole other function of the mind. Do you understand it? You see? And there, you see, uh, you've got to look much deeper to understand what's going on. And that requires a reference to a creator. And so, modern civilization is built on explaining the physical phenomena, but not understanding them. Uh, and so we live in the first totally atheistic culture the world has ever known. The ancients, as I had time to show you, there's even books about 
religion among the ancient Greeks, their respect for the gods, their forces, their that completely lost. All right. Because what can be known of God is manifest among them, God made it manifest to them. For his invisible attributes, being understood from the creation of the world by means of what is made, are clearly perceived. His eternal power and divinity. So then he says, and this goes along with that word suppress, you see, they are without excuse. They stop their mind from going any further. And uh, the result is a world estranged from God. And so, uh, because knowing God, they did not glorify him as, as God or give thanks. Rather, they became devoid of sense in their reasonings, and their uncomprehending heart was darkened. They could explain, but they couldn't understand. You see? And they willed it that way, to be keep God out of it. And while that was done in the ancient world, it was repeated starting in about the 14th century in Europe and then from Europe went to the whole world. Communism is the fruit of that. It's atheistic. We have got to make a better world for ourselves. And of course, it never works. Because what happens is, whenever there's a revolution, the uh, oppressed become the oppressors and the oppressors become the oppressed. But nothing changes. Only in Christ can you bring about a just change. Okay. Because knowing God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks. Rather, they became devoid of sense in their reasonings, and their uncomprehending heart was darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became foolish, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the likeness of the image of a corruptible man, of birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. And this is what happens. You see, we make idols. Sometimes we make an image of an idol. An idol is something of ultimate concern to me. My ultimate concern is whatever that idol is. could be the state. could be whatever. You see? Uh, so, he goes on then, claiming to be wise, they became foolish. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the likeness of the image of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and reptiles. And now we have the first of these therefores. Therefore, God gave them over in the desire of their hearts to uncleanness for the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Once there's no vision of God and God as Father caring, then the human race is thrown into itself, you see? And it loses a sense of its own identity. And that's what happens right now, you see? Um, those who exchanged the truth of God for a life and why, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Therefore God gave them over to degrading passion. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for that which is contrary to nature. In the same way the men leaving off natural intercourse with women, burn with desire for one another. Men carrying out indecency with men and receiving in their own persons 
the due recompense of their perversion. Now, what's he saying? We're talking about homosexuality, obviously. Homosexuality is always the result of the absence of God. No one to care for us. In our culture, where we have so uh, elevated this notion of the absence of God, you see, there there is no father, no, no one to care. This is very different than simply same-sex attraction. Same-sex attraction is a fact. Some people have a stronger same-sex attraction than others. But when God is known and worshipped and trusted as God, that doesn't result in homosexuality. It results in a struggle for that person, maybe. But it, the point I'm trying to make is that the blame is not on the homosexual alone. The blame is on the society that has followed the so-called philosophers in rejecting any God at all. And when that happens, then there's no compass and there's no sense of anybody caring for me. And in that world, you find homosexuality. It's a result of the turning away of the whole civilization from God. And it's a proven fact, as everybody knows now, there's no homosexual gene, there's no, you know, it's just impossible. And homosexual marriages are hardly ever monogamous. Uh, it's not the way humankind was meant to go. But the fault is not with the homosexual alone. The fault is having created a civilization in which there is no rudder, there is no help, there is no sense of God who cares for us. 